0: Hello and welcome to Quarantine. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd just like to take a minute to encourage anyone who hasn't heard episode 0 or the introduction yet, to preferably do so before listening to this podcast. The introduction gives a valuable insight into what you might expect and the type of topics that we'll cover. And so without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode one of Quarantine. I'm your host Arnav, and today we have a topic that people of our generation would be all too familiar with, memes. Now, memes in their current form, they've only come up in the last 15-20 years since the advent of social media. And in today's world, they're definitely a part of understanding the humor that's prevalent today. Now, to join me today, I have someone who has quite the expertise when it comes to memes, Eshik Nagar. I've known Ashik for about two years now since university began, and we're both pursuing the same major in electrical and electronic engineering. Hi, Ashik. How's it going?
1: Hello, Arnaf. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's just quarantine. Like, yeah.
0: And how's your quarantine been so far? It's been about two months since the circuit breaker period began here in Singapore. Uh,
1: yes, it's mostly been meme hunting. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, laughing at memes and laughing with friends.
0: Yeah. And knowing you, during your meme hunting streaks, it's still a secret where you get your memes from. Is that not true?
1: Yes, yes, it is true. I, a magician never reveals his secret. That is what I tell everyone who asks for my sources. So I am not really, I actually have a meme for this which says, if I tell you where I get my memes from, you won't need me anymore. So.
0: <laughs> but when you're hunting for memes on whatever sources... Okay. So what goes through your mind when you look at a meme and you think, okay, this is something shareable or this is something which is genuinely funny and it's not just something cringy? Like, what are the factors which go on in that split-second decision?
1: <laughs> okay, so it's not... its a, It depends a lot on the meme, to be honest. So I can categorize meme into four, five categories. So there are these very rare memes where you just laugh out very loud. And then, you gotta, yeah, then I'm like, okay, I got to share this with everyone. Okay. Those are like... 1 in 50 memes, something like that. Then okay. uh, there's a very generic category of memes which just makes you exhale very loud and smile. So those are memes which I also tend to share or at least collect in my own whole collection bank. Then there are memes which I think, there are memes which, I, which make me think of people. So I'll be like, okay, this reminds me of this certain friend or like this reminds me of hmm, So okay. So those kind of memes I share with only that person. So that is one another kind of meme which I like and others are these kind of memes I call the replying memes. So memes which you can reply to conversations with. So yeah, those are the kind of memes I li- like to share.
0: And do you find that typically people have the exact same reaction to all four but it's either just writing ah, in caps lock form or just sending the same emojis irrespective of what they're actually doing in real life? Is that something which bothers you or is that something which you just accepted?
1: Okay, so initially in my meme hunting career i am not going to lie i was being ignored a lot but i would say with experience i have learned how to at least get a reply out of people and but yeah it's just mostly people laughing at memes or sending like sending those lols and ha 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 but then when i meet them they also be like okay man i like that meme that's very fulfilling as a meme hunter <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so I want to put this to the test. Okay, are you familiar with the distracted boyfriend meme?
1: Yes, yes, of course.
0: So for anyone who isn't familiar, and because this is audio-based, I'll just do my best to explain it. So it's essentially a boyfriend who's working with presumably his girlfriend, and he stops and turns around and looks at another woman, and his girlfriend is looking at him horrified, which Mm -hmm. is where the distracted boyfriend aspect of it comes from. So number one would be under which category would you typically put distracted boyfriend meme. I know some of them are specific, like thinking of people and so on and so forth. But typically, when you think of the distracted boyfriend meme, which category would you like to place it under?
1: Mm, By category, I would say it's just, it's very relatable, I feel. Like not just in a relationship context, but just in any context where you tend to get distracted. So most people can relate to at least some kind of situation and that is what made it so popular, I feel.
0: Yeah, that is true. And something about the distracted boyfriend meme sparked off in my head about pagerism. So let's assume a scenario where you're the inventor of the distracted boyfriend meme. So either you're the one who took this photo, or you found this photo, or you're the first person who had a caption for this photo, which already existed on the internet. So for you, if you're in the shoes of this quote unquote creator, Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: do you constitute as plagiarism? Is it someone just using the photo with a different caption? Is it someone just copying your caption? On what level would you think, okay, he's just blatantly taken my meme?
1: Mm, To be honest, there is no such concept as plagiarism in the meme world. There is absolutely no, so because I like follow a lot of meme pages and like meme uh, social media accounts and all, Right. and they just copy memes of each other. They don't even change memes as such. So. There's no such concept of plagiarism. It's just, I got to make people laugh. Yeah. Although I would say, I would say that I also have a lot of memes which blame other people for having memes and copying memes. So it is giving rise to another, whole another industry of memes. Or incredibly
0: meta in that sense. I'd say memes about plagiarizing memes being posted by meme pages who are plagiarizing yes. other people's memes. That
1: is, and I, that's actually very funny also. So, yep. It's just a whole recursive sequence, I guess.
0: So in fact about plagiarism, um, there are times when it is taken to court and there are say, settlements or there are court battles over plagiarism. So back in 2016 on Facebook, there was this one creator or creator is what he would call himself. A lot of people would disagree after what I'm about to say. by the name of Soflo Antonio, where he was accused by a pretty sizable number of people of just recycling other people's content on Facebook. So he just take a video which they've created, Mm -hmm. put a white border around it, put a caption and like Mm -hmm. a five second intro like this is totally me while driving and then play the other creators videos. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think they took him to court. They put some settlements and so on and so forth.
1: Mm -hmm. And even in
0: Singapore, uh, recently Mm -hmm. there was a Singapore based YouTuber. So Mm -hmm. for the circuit breaker period, he had created a bingo on Instagram. Mm -hmm. sort of parodying all the phrases in the circle that Then another more popular mainstream page allegedly copied it a few weeks later word for word. But then when the creator called them out, they apologized for it. So I think Mm -hmm. plagiarism definitely exists. Whether people know how to take it to court or how to sort of make it legal Mm -hmm. is a different matter.
1: So, okay, so what I think is it's very different for video content as compared to image content
0: right right
1: so text based content i feel just people can just rip him off but video content since people put a lot more effort into it and it sometimes official production quality content which people rip off that might cause a lot of problems but just memes image wise in general i don't think plagiarism exists that much
0: Right, So definitely in video content, it's also, in my opinion, a lot easier to track who the actual creator is because they'd usually be in the video, whereas yeah, for true. text-based or image-based memes, it's a lot harder to track who's the first person. So even in the case of distracted boyfriend meme, I don't think anybody really knows who first came up with that, who was the first person ever to come up with the caption for that and post it online.
1: Yeah, true. Although the people who were in the pictures are celebrities now, at least in the meme world. So... They actually go on live streams and events and all. And then they talk to other meme enthusiasts. It's pretty fun.
0: I mean, memes can be make or break for sure. I mean, it can make all this to our lives as well. But what I find interesting is that even some of the instances where memes or plagiarism over memes are taken to court or leads to real life arguments and real settlements, Mm it sort of shows how memes are transcending from the digital realm into the physical space where legality is what I'd say one pillar of an industry. So Mm -hmm. it's not just, I'd say, between creators, but memes are also being put into legislation. So the most famous example would be Article 13 Mm in the EU. So Mm -hmm. irrespective of what anybody's stance is on Article 13, whether it's good, whether it's bad, You can't deny that memes are being taken seriously and they are being put into legislation and definitely the legality aspect of it shows that it's genuinely becoming a real life industry so that's one pillar which i had in mind which is legality second which i think uh, Mm -hmm. is the hallmark of any industry is monetization so whenever you would go meme hunting Mm -hmm. did you ever do so with the intention of trying to make money off of it or just sort of monetizing it in any way
1: Not really. I mean, I usually go meme hunting because I like I I want to have a laugh, and you know share memes with others. But uh, yeah, I won't deny there have been people who told me to start my own meme page and you know try to monetize it in some way. But the problem with monetizing memes is that, I mean, it's it's very tough. First off, to gain ground for monetization, and since there are so many free creators of memes. It's, it's kind of like an open industry. Not industry, it's just an open community. So people just make memes for fun. It's very tough to monetize it in that way.
0: Right, but the same could also be said about YouTube when it first began, where it was people just making videos for fun. Mm-hmm. And at the time, everyone was a small channel at that point. Mm-hmm. And monetization wasn't really a thing. But if you look at it now,
1: mm-hmm. then
0: there's a number of ways where YouTubers earn money. So it's mm-hmm. usually from Advertisements or sponsored content. True. So the same is also becoming for Instagram, which is why there's a lot of Instagram influencers because you can monetize it and earn money. So supposing you had a meme page, Mm -hmm. in what ways would you try to monetize it? In what ways do you suppose you would approach trying to earn money off of it?
1: First would be to support other new meme creators. Hmm you know, have shout-outs, stuff like that. Right. Then there's a lot of meme merch going on, like, you know, T-shirts and stuff. with right. memes on. So that's very, that's, I think, a very booming uh, market also. Like people, I like wearing memes, funny T-shirts and funny clothing, funny merch. So yeah, I guess that's how I would go about it.
0: So you'd mentioned shout-outs. So not just shouting out other pages, but there's also a lot of money in shouting out companies, which is essentially just a fancy way of saying sponsor content.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: of course, how much money meme pages earn is just about as secretive as anybody else's salary in the world. Mm-hmm. But some ballpark estimates by folks were that back in 2016, there was a team behind one of Instagram pages with, I think today they have around close to 16 million followers, at the time in 2016, they had around 11 million followers, damn. is that through sponsored content alone, they were set to make anywhere between 1.5 to 3 million USD that year Ooh. in
1: 2016. Oh god damn.
0: But 1.5 million to 3 million in a year, as impressive as it is, I think the peak of sponsored content was by Mike Bloomberg. Have you seen any of the memes which he used to promote his presidential campaign?
1: Mm, I have come across a few, yeah.
0: So essentially, my Bloomberg strategy was that he would, in some cases, sort of ridicule himself that he was trying to look hip and cool to sort of the young generation of voters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he'd have these memes on popular meme pages. And it's estimated that he spent around a million dollars or so just on these memes.
1: On what ended
0: up being a failed presidential campaign.
1: Yeah, I mean he's a little confused, but he got this spirit. Right,
0: but as a meme hunter, can you see him facing backlash, or just becoming a meme himself for trying to push these memes out?
1: I would guess not. I mean, if he becomes a meme, meme no press is bad press, so it's all good for him. He's just reaching more people. But uh, I mean, as backlash, I would not. I don't think he'd be facing any as such. It's just his way of campaigning though. There's no one who can actually do anything against him for that.
0: And do you feel in any way that it's excessive? Like, was it a stroke of genius which went wrong? Or was it just bad from the get-go, the strategy of using memes?
1: I mean, it wasn't a stroke of genius. It wasn't a stroke (laughs) of (laughs) genius. But uh, I just think it was very unique to use memes because they reach a very wider audience.
0: Yeah, that is true.
1: But... uh, no, not really. It was just something unique he tried, which did not pay off.
0: Right. I think he would have envisioned a much greater impact from that, which is what I'd say the third pillar of industry. So the first two were legality, monetization, and the third is impact. So mm-hmm. impact would be on two spheres: One is individual, and second is gender. So an individual, so the way you mentioned before, how the people in the distracted boyfriend meme have gone and become celebrities, Right. There are a few examples of how memes actually made people's careers. I'd say the most notable is Salt Bay. So, the Mm -hmm. the restaurateur who would sprinkle salt over steak.
1: Okay, right, right, right. right. Over his elbow in that. Yes, 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 I remember.
0: So, after that meme, his popularity skyrocketed where people would flock to his restaurants just to see Salt Bay, just to see the Mm -hmm. meme and take a video of it themselves or be in a photo with Salt Bay. And now he has a pretty successful chain of restaurants around the world, which is oh. you can't deny that it is because of memes yeah, that his popularity is uh,
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: But do you think there's also a flip side to it where memes can also harm someone's life or sort of set them back for whatever reason? Either for or...
1: sure. I mean, I've seen a lot of the this meme targeting where you make memes on specific disabilities or specific people which get viral. And in fact, I've actually seen this happen with my friends also. Right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it does affect people. But then I also feel that these memes in general, the ones which go viral are targeted on at least society as a whole. And these personally targeted memes do not really spread much apart from the person's personal, you know, some friends. So, although it does affect them adversely, but I won't say it will affect them on a very large scale. So,
0: In some cases, so personally targeted memes, um, they are, I'd say, a form of cyber harassment. Mm -hmm. But there are also some instances where um, memes are not targeted at someone, but as a result of the meme, they suffer. So, the example which I'm talking about is that there's this Taiwanese model, and she did a commercial for a clinic. And the image, or the key image from that commercial was that her, her husband and the three kids were in the shot and the faces of the three kids were digitally altered to make their sort of lips higher up and their nose really higher up and like their ears really big or something like that
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: basically the commercial was to show that she and her husband had had plastic surgery and how good the surgeons were. So that was the original point of the ad but it became a meme with the caption where they had the screen grab of like that family photo. And it okay. just said, plastic surgery, you can't hide it forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this model received a lot of, not hate, but a lot of unwanted attention. where essentially, it was pushed out in media or in meme circles that, oh, look at this person, she has plastic surgery, blah, blah, blah. It really took a toll on her everyday life because, I mean, there's all this unwanted attention around something that isn't true. And yeah. ultimately, she ended up suing the clinic. So, not, oh. I think memes definitely can have an impact in both good and bad ways. Yeah,
1: I also agree.
0: True. But that's on an individual level. In general, and mm-hmm. I know this is a topic which mandates a lot of sensitivity and a lot of time on its own, to be honest, is yeah. that do you feel that memes can at times also promote racism or sexism or sort of no matter how casual they are, can go under the guise of it's just dark humor or just take it as a joke?
1: Mm, I feel it happens a lot. Yes, I won't, I won't deny it. But then I would also argue by saying memes, all of them are actually a a kind of a satire on society. Hmm. We laugh at the problems in society. So although at some level they do propagate, they might propagate or send out the wrong message, but then they're also targeted at audiences who want to laugh out at such problems and not really take them to heart. So
0: do you feel that, I mean, ideally you'd want to erase these issues the world no matter how much time that you no matter what progress you can make yeah no doubt would you feel that to achieve that you first need to stop memes that promote racism and sexism and then society will change or do you need to try to find other ways to change society and then memes automatically will reflect that change
1: yeah i don't think memes are the reason why all this happens i definitely don't think that's the case but they could promote uh, them. they are they yeah they might on. yeah I, I am I totally agree they might promote it at some level, but I feel like they' are a byproduct of some other problems in society and they're just a byproduct of you know laughing at them when they are satire on them so yeah. I, I feel like when you when you remove these problems from society memes these kind of memes in general will also fade away
0: I think there's good points for both sides of whether if you eliminate racism and sexism from society then memes will reflect the change. And also how memes are a part of the environment that promote or spur on racism and sexism. So if you try to fix the environment, then society does also change. I think there's good points on both sides. Yeah, But true. it's it's a debate on its own. It's not just something which you can cover in, say, a couple yeah. of minutes or just one point here or there. It's something which yeah. deserves yeah. its own standalone debate because it is going to be important. Because memes are here to stay <laughs> for yeah, a long for time. Sure. Forced to be recognized. No matter
1: how much EU tries to ban them, we made memes on the ban, so... That does not work.
0: Right. Memes on the ban. That was also incredibly interesting how legislation, which was aimed at banning memes, was Was bombarded with memes.
1: It's just a meta. It's just a meta community, man.
0: (laughs) And finally, to round things up, the fourth pillar of an industry, I'd say, is professionalism. So there's a very specific name I want to bring up for this point which is right. the hide-the-pain-handled meme, which is the oh, old man.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes.
0: So it's an old man basically just holding a cup of coffee and he's smiling, but he appears sad <laughs> yes. on some level. What was really interesting was that hide-the-pain-handled was professionally photographed to be oh. used as stock image. It wasn't just a chance image with someone found online. It wasn't just a screen graph from a video. Okay. It was professionally photographed to be used as a stock image, which then became a meme.
1: Right. I have even seen videos of... Hide the Pain Harold, so I can believe that. Mm.
0: Right, right. In fact, the the video you're talking about might actually be a Hungarian TV commercial which he started as a result of that meme which goes to show the impact again. (laughs) Damn, okay. I think Hide the Pain Harold shows a precedent of how memes could be becoming an industry. So the way YouTube in 2007-2008 when some creators really started gaining popularity. The most yeah. famous ones, which I remember from the times, Niga Higa or um, Ray Williams yeah. Johnson and all these guys, they were still more professional in the sense that it would just be their camera you know, stacked on a pile of books which they'd used to record. They didn't have like these massive production crews like you have for YouTubers okay. now. And so what I envision is that memes could be heading in that direction where it's a professional industry where people have professional crews behind creating memes. They have teams and teams of content creators behind making memes. That's what happens with some of the meme pages. That's what happens with a lot of TikTok creators is they have professional lighting, they have professional yeah. this,
1: professional that. Even now, it's I would say it's already on that path. I mean, there are so many dedicated meme pages, like, you know, 9gag, 4chan, stuff like that. Right yeah I would definitely say there are platforms which are completely commercially meme dedicated, and even on i yeah I agree completely with that part. We are heading towards professionally created memes but do you
0: feel so the way with youtube uh, there's this very interesting argument that mm-hmm. when you youtubers were essentially funnier when they were more amateur and with professional flus they're more pressured to Essentially, cater to mainstream humor and they they don't have the charm or they don't have the same element of humor that they did when they were amateur. Do you feel that memes, as they become more and more professional, will Can, their quality of humor reduce in any way?
1: I, I, I doubt it. I highly doubt it because the target audience is very different. Or it might be that there might be pages where immature creators uh, are promoted, hmm. put any pressure on them. And there might right. be pages so how i can draw a parallel is I, i'd say instagram versus reddit because those okay. are two famous sites so in instagram you have a lot of restrictions social restrictions and just instagram related restrictions which stop instagram meme pages to make specific kind of memes vulgar memes and so that's really that i mean even though i would say you can have funny memes without vulgarity vulgarity is a part of memes so the pages on Instagram don't really cater to those kind of memes, hmm, but okay. Reddit, on the other hand, has all kind of memes, be it vulgar, be it completely uh, non-vulgar, be it kind of dark. So hmm, yeah, right. those are the kind of parallels. So there'll be different platforms for different kind of memes, and depending on what you like, you might be able to choose.
0: So while speaking for projections of the future, um, this is one really interesting project that a few of our friends had taken up last year. Right. I know and, what you talking about Right, right. Generated. And the central question it addresses is can AI take over the meme industry? So this project in question, a few friends had done this at a hackathon, where essentially they'd created a meme generator where you could feed in a photo and yes. they'd use AI to come up with captions for those photos. So okay. what do you think that or how big of an impact do you think that has on meme hunters okay. like you?
1: Mm. Okay, so as as someone who likes data science myself, I would like to believe that there might be a time where there is AI memes, AI generated right. memes, but uh, the problem is I w- can't imagine them being possibly as funny as human created memes, at least in the near future, since AI is not at that point yet where it can compete with human sense of humor or even right. for that matter. There's another thing is that a lot goes inside the humor of a meme.
0: Right.
1: So It might have dif- several layers of jokes in just one meme, which are targeted at different sections of the society or different situations.
0: Hmm, right.
1: And you know, people like memes with like, you know, double meanings, stuff like that. So although yeah, there's possibly there's, there'll be a time where there are no memes as such, like no human created memes, but I don't see it in the near future. But do you
0: think AI will, at any point, be able to fully grasp the intricacies of human humor? Because I, I think the AI debate, so there's an AI debate about basically any industry when AI is introduced there. So when it comes to, say, driving, will AI ever be able to drive a car as safely as humans, where okay. it's basically entirely data-driven? Right. When it comes to me, I'd say it's more emotion-driven, where memes depend more or almost entirely on the emotion of the viewer of how it's going to be perceived. So do you think AI will ever be able to fully grasp human humor?
1: For sure. At some point, I'm pretty sure it'll be able to compete with human humor. It might be a long way off, but it's definitely coming. And I'd love to be a part of it. Creating meme AI, damn, that's a dream.
0: And So I think all those four points sum up what I call four pillars of an industry, which really show that it's going just from the digital realm of people sharing images for humor to actually becoming something that people can view as a job, people can earn money from. So legality, monetization, impact, and professionalism. So if you look at any industry, if an industry has those four things in place, Right. You can be pretty sure that it is a growing industry or a very legitimate industry. Like if you look at the film industry, it has legality. It has a lot of legal battles for plagiarism here and there. Monetization definitely. Right. Film industry also definitely has an impact, not just on individuals, skyrocketing to fame, but also in society and gender. Like they can force discussions on topics. And also professionalism in the movie industry is obviously incredibly professional. That's... Right. So I think memes are on an interesting path, a good path. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. For and sure. Yeah. Something to just take as humor, but also with a pinch of salt in some cases.
1: Yeah, I'd agree.
0: And so to wrap things up, I have a would you rather round, where I'm basically going to ask you five would you rather questions. Okay. And you could just tell me what you think about. Okay. So, firstly, Would you rather live without any memes or have to pay a monthly subscription fee for them?
1: I'll definitely pay a monthly subscription. No doubt.
0: How much at this point of time?
1: Anything which competes with Netflix or YouTube or something, I'm ready to pay.
0: That's interesting. Especially because um, there's there's multiple ways to look at a monthly subscription fee as well. It's either specific, for example, imagine just Reddit having a monthly subscription fee. Or it's just a more general subscription fee where if you pay this, then you get access to all names in the world.
1: Right. In fact, I think 9gag and 4chan or just 9gag actually has a monthly subscription already. Where uh, if you go to comment on the 9gag, the actual website, it shows you as a pro member and your comments are more highlighted in stuff. Right. Yeah, it's already happening. Ad-free platforms. And secondly,
0: would you rather not be funny at all in real life, but make good memes or be funny in real life and normal conversations, but you can't make memes at all.
1: Oh, okay. I'm not much of a meme creator. So I'd say I'd rather be funny in real life. Okay. <laughs> because I need some social interaction. <laughs> if I ever take to making memes, I would probably have chosen the latter.
0: <laughs> so thirdly, would you rather become a meme yourself temporarily? Or be the person memeing someone else forever.
1: Uh, I take a lot of shots on my on myself, so I would I don't mind uh, being a meme myself. Be some good press, some kind <laughs> of press.
0: Maybe add it to your resume while you're at it.
1: <laughs> yes, I'll be I'll be the guy who became a meme.
0: So, penultimate would you rather? So, would you rather be in the shoes of the guy in the distracted boyfriend meme, or the guy's <laughs> girlfriend in the meme?
1: The guy, definitely. Because first off, I'll have a girlfriend. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be the guy. I'd be the guy.
0: Okay. And lastly, this is a bit Marvel and Avengers rated because I know you're a fan.
1: Okay. So would you rather
0: execute Thanos' plans of eliminating 50% of the population? Okay. Or have your face photoshopped into every Thanos meme ever? <laughs>
1: just to see how I look like i take the photoshop okay. just to see how I look like
0: <laughs> okay well alright thank you so much Ashik, for coming on and being a part of this podcast
1: thank you so much it was a lot of fun
0: so that concludes the first episode of quarantine I hope you enjoyed it and be sure to tune in next week where I bring on another guest and we discuss another topic A special thank you to Anchor as well for providing me the platform to create this podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next week.